Welcome to the My Town Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Oil. And this week we're going to talk about something new that has become cool again, and that is film photography. And speaking of film photography, Matt Gates is in the middle of a YouTube series about film, and let's get an update on that now. Hello everyone, my name is Matt, and I am so excited that this week on the podcast we're talking about old things becoming new and film photography. And if you are really into this episode, uh, go ahead and head over to the YouTube channel, Might Sound Wild. Uh, on YouTube, just go to the search bar, type in Might Sound Wild channel. I'm actually in the middle of a four-part series about film, uh, specifically black and white, where I shoot through about 12 rolls of black and white film and kind of determine which one I like best and which one I'm going to start using. It's been really fun. Uh, and actually this week I put out a small bonus episode about, uh, how you can adapt vintage lenses to your digital camera and how that can also be a way to try something new in your photography. So go ahead and check it out on the YouTube channel might sound wild uh, right there in the search bar and you will find us and as always go ahead and check out shop.mightsoundwild.co we've got sweatshirts we've got t-shirts we've got all the things you need to look and feel your best out there shooting pictures as well as april's wonderful photography presets Uh, we've got uh, free presets and paid presets black and white presets and color presets she's really killing it on those things and uh, from what I hear there may be some new ones coming so go ahead and pick up those before they leave the shop. Okay guys I really want to reiterate following along on our YouTube channel if you've if you've watched any of the videos thank you for bearing with us because this is a new format for us we are just now getting our feet wet with a presence in such an intimidating kind of platform and Matt Gates has put so much heart and soul and time and energy into recording these videos and um i feel like he's really on a roll right now with you know ron was saying earlier we're in the middle of a um film series which was very clever on his part but just uh just to encourage you to go along and follow us on that channel because we do have something coming up and i don't want to give too much away but you know might sound wild is kind of the umbrella for the companies that ron and i own which are mountain escape and shore shooters it might sound wild it kind of serves as furthering education and it's kind of a, a platform that is still developing. But to hone in on that a little bit more, Matt has kind of been playing around with a new idea that it's a little more inclusive and a little more organized. So if you're if you're following Might Sound Wild, you want to pay attention because uh, what's coming up is, you know, more in the know with events and discounts and merch and meetups and things like that and it's a so just pay attention to that go and follow us on youtube and just be looking for an announcement or from us personally all right and uh like april said just follow along on uh, youtube you have to search for might sound wild and uh it'll come up there We're, we're also we also always put a link to the youtube channel in the description of each of our podcast episodes so just click that link and make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel and uh matt is going to have some great stuff coming Mm -hmm. up real soon all right so our subject for this week is april something that you've been into for 
I guess, a few months now, and that is film photography. It's it's so funny because um, even even the I, I consider us old school photographers uh-huh. because you and I both have been doing this for close to twenty years now, and yeah. the digital thing has been around for the entire time that we've been in this. So a lot of the photographers that are out there now, if you really think about it, there's a lot of them that were born in the digital age. Mostly, so yeah. It's a, it's a totally, uh, totally new thing for them, but it's something that a lot of photographers are getting into now. And I don't blame them because if you're anything like me, you can see that digital while, you know, practical and satisfying, you know, gets you, gets the job done. There's always something missing, in my opinion, as far as personal work goes. Not not stuff that I do with my clients. I'm always really satisfied, happy with. But I guess back to what you were saying is like it was an old thing. And we came in when yeah. it was like when I when I started doing this professionally, you had to choose if you were going to go digital or film because it was still kind of an option. So it was like a lot of the old timers were making the switch. They were like selling yes. off their film stuff and they were saying, oh, this is so much more, you know, financially responsible to have memory cards and send things digitally. You know, there was a whole big thing about it. Yeah, it was kind of a battle when I first got into it, because I remember when I first got into photography, some of the real old school photographers saying, oh, those digital cameras don't give you nearly the quality that you get from film. Right. And, it was like a know, battle. You, you want, had to sides. <laughs> yeah. If you want good photography, you've got to do film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but of course, digital has come a long way since then, because I think when I first started doing photography, I think, uh, the, if you had a 10, if you had a 10 megapixel mm-hmm. camera, you were extremely professional. That, that was oh, yeah. like the best. So yeah, megapixels uh, is like of, all the, all the rage. So it's like, if, that's yeah. all we talked about. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, it, so anyway, let's, so what, what really got you interested in film. Well, so going back to that time when I had to choose and kind of out of ignorance and a young age, I just did the digital thing. It was like what I could afford. And I didn't know anything about film because like growing up in the 80s and 90s, we just had those like point and shoot. One, actually, I had like sure. the, you remember the 110, the like long camera? Yeah, that was like really yes. popular in the uh, ni- early 90s. My mom got me one of those when I was a kid. And you just pointed at something, press a button, and then you drop your film off at like Walmart exactly. and get it developed. And like, that was the option. But then I knew people as a teenager, actually my neighbor, my best friend's dad was a real photographer, not for a living. He, he was, he was actually an artist. I'll make this quick. He was an artist. So if he was going to paint or sketch portraits, he would photograph the subject first. Yeah. And I was obsessed with, he used a Minolta, um, like from the seventies or eighties. I was obsessed with the portraits he would take. Like I would look at the light, you know, if he was going to sketch, like say a woman's back, he would like photograph it in a way where the, you could see clearly the light hitting her back and, you know, stopping. And then the detail in it was insane, but I never knew. I just never knew how he did that. So when I fast forward and I became a photographer and I'm using digital, like the stuff you were talking about, it never looked like that. I mean, I tried everything, extensively researching, like how to place a subject and what f-stop to use. And it just, the whites, the lights, the darks always look different than they do on a film camera. So all of these years, I've wanted to do it, honestly. 
I wanted to do it. And I don't, I don't know what stopped me except for that I can claim I have the personality type. If I don't know how to do something, I don't really like to try. And I just yeah, felt just kinda, I was out of my league, you know? Well, especially if you started your photography career in digital, you're so used to being able to look at the back of the camera and see what exactly. you shot. And with film, you don't have that option. You have to go drop that film off somewhere, and then you spend a couple of days wondering, did I really screw that one up, or are they going to look good? And then you get the film back uh, in a couple of days, and then you find out if you screwed it up or if you did good. Or if you even shot anything, period. Because, like, you know, for me, I can't. because So what I'm using right now, and I'll get into how that happened in a minute, is all manual. There's nothing about it that's automatic. So the film, film, you can't hear it, like, really advancing because you have to manually push it. So anyway, okay. so I kept going over in my head, like, how, how am I going to know how to use settings? You know, I kept going over my head, all this stuff, and it ended up stopping me completely. Well, um, Walt's dad, whenever he passed away about five years ago, his mom gave us a box that was full of s- cameras, like cameras from all kinds of time periods, you know, there were some that were automatic, some that were manual, there was a video VHS recorder in there, (laughs) still in the box, so at first I just put them all on the shelf, because it looked cool, you know, I've got like, oh yeah, they were decorations, (laughs) yeah, like eight cameras sitting around, and then when I moved to Tennessee, you know, I can't take credit for, for, it was the curiosity was still there, but Erica, who we've had on the podcast before, yes, Right. Erica right. is one of our photographers yeah. for Mountain Escape. Yeah, she is just like, you know, this happy-go-lucky personality kind of, and she's like looking at these cameras, and she's like, have you ever used this? And I'm like, I, I don't know how. And she kind of laughed because she's thinking like, you've been a photographer yeah. all these years. What do you mean you don't know? And she really yeah. was kind of showing me that I was overcomplicating it completely. Like I was opening the back of the camera going, how do I load the film? Like that's how I – that's how I yeah, felt about it. Yeah. Now, now Erica, Erica learned photography on a film camera, right? Or, yeah, or that's what she, she said. She studied, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I know some she other has a background girl, in film photography. And some of the other girls that shoot with us have said the same thing, and they're younger than me, a lot younger than me. So I knew it wasn't really impossible. I just was nervous. But I will say there was a local lab in Knoxville if it weren't for that, it would have been harder for me to get started. So this yes, was like you, you took me. You took me to that place one day, and yeah. it was yeah, it was it was just really cool that you had a place there, and it wasn't too far from where you lived, where you could right go have your film developed. And not only that, I mean, it looked it didn't look like much from the outside. It looked like some camera, you know, cheesy camera store where you go buy lights and yeah. backdrops. But the one of the guys in there was so knowledgeable and helpful. He, he literally loaded the camera for me in front of me. And I said, oh, wow. can you do that again? And he, does, he did it again. So That's great. he kind of really brought it. And some of the stuff that he was trying to help me with in the beginning, I honestly, I didn't understand, like, the language. So I would go home and Google what he said. Because, you know, he would talk about, like, pushing film a few stops and, you know, shooting at a completely different ISO than the, than the film actually is. And I'm like just sitting there shaking my head at him like, okay, you know, and I didn't really know. So I I would go home and Google what he said. And I don't remember the lab. If I find it, we can link it. But 
there is a lab that had a blog post that was super helpful about pushing and pulling film and also about the different types of film, like which colors they pull. And that blog post really helped me. It wasn't anything new. I think it had been up for a couple of years, but it was a lab, I want to say out in California, that did a whole very informative post, and I screenshot that, and I looked at it, and I studied it, and I broke it down, and I was like, okay, this is not as hard as I thought. Once you start doing it, if anyone's out there listening and they're in the same boat that I was in, once you just start, everything will start making sense. It's not as complicated okay. as it seems, you know. So this, the camera that I chose to use, um, because Walt's dad left us a Pentax, I want to say it might be from the late 70s, but I don't, I don't have proof of that. It, um, the reason I chose it is because it was such a common camera. A lot of people yeah. used it. Um, and so there's a lot of information on it. And it makes, it makes great, great photos. And the, um, he had a couple of lenses with it. It took me about three months to realize that in one of my drawers I had tucked away where he had a really nice 50 millimeter lens. It actually oh, took wow. me until I bought one to realize that he already had one. Um, yeah. It goes all the way down to 2.8. So okay. I was like, well, that's what I'm familiar with, right? Like, I've, I know how to shoot sure. that digitally, so I'm going to play around with that and um once I put that on there now I would at this point it's still such a hobby for me I can barely see through the viewfinder and I hardly know when I'm focusing but I wouldn't trade that for the world because this is his camera I didn't buy it you know it was handed down keep it in the family and that's the fun part you know (laughs) it's like yeah exactly it's it's kind of the nostalgia that sort of got you started in it and it's I, I just I just think it's so cool that somebody who has passed on is still influencing you mm-hmm. you know that's that's just so cool to me well I keep thinking like he probably used this camera to take pictures of you know my husband and or right. um, his sister when they were kids or I don't know yeah, what all he used it for yeah, fa- family pictures and uh, just pictures of Walt when he was a little kid. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. But and so I'm trying to think of some of the things people have asked me along the way since I've started. I am in no way, you know, I just started last year. I'm not an expert. I'm still learning. It's still kind of, I call it the magic, like what we were talking about earlier, like not knowing if stuff's going to come back. But some of the things that people have asked me, they're like. The regular question I get is, do you copy your digital settings? Um, and I don't, actually, because okay. um, it doesn't expose the same to me. It doesn't look the same. Um, so in these old Pentax, when you're, when you're looking through your viewfinder, if there's a battery in there, which these things take batteries that you can buy anywhere, they kind of look like the watch battery, you know? Yeah. Um, and on the bottom of it, you have to put a... Um, use a nickel or a quarter and, and those things get stripped really easy. So you have to be careful. But anyway, once you look through there, if you have a battery in there, there's a little gauge over to the right that shows you if you are, there's a plus and minus sign and it's showing you how to expose pretty much. So that's, that's really all you need. Yeah. So the settings are a lot different between digital and film is what you're saying. I feel like they are. I feel like I um, I haven't tested it where I just shoot side by side with the same settings. But I always feel like I'm 
first of all, the, one of the rules of digital, I mean, of film, and I believe Erica taught me this, is the sweet spot is to shoot at 60th of a second, and you would never do that digitally. You know, you, everything would be blurry, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I, I try to keep it on that 60th, like, all the time, unless it's just super, super bright outside, and I have a high-speed um, ISO, but. Anyway, yeah, so I try to keep it on that, and then I kind of use that meter on the right as a guide, but I still don't let it, like, tell me exactly what to do. I don't follow it all the way. So that's because I, I did with my first roll, and I got it back, and it all looked pretty muddy and dark, like okay. a little bit not, not what I was hoping for. So I push it all to that higher side. Like, okay. it makes so sense has to there, has there been has there been a lot of trial and error with this yes. film journey for you? So yes. in other words, like you shoot a whole roll of film and then you get it back and go, okay, I can't do that again. Yes. Um, and think, thankfully the man that I was telling you about that worked at that camera store kind of helped me through some of it. I was so bummed. I had a shoot with like a model and I ended up having to shoot most of it digitally I was going to do both that day that was the plan so excited to get this roll back and I opened it up and it was never advancing um oh wow I was so bummed out I was like what on earth happened he taught me they all have quirks and one of them in this particular camera was something about the barrel of the film was wanting to catch like there was nothing we could see or feel down there doing that but something was making it catch. And so he showed me how to, you know, pull that and do some, like, fire off a few shots and make sure it's really pulling and rolling before you even close the door. I think that was the best okay. tip I got was from him to, okay. to give it, you know, give it some leeway. He also showed me how to loosen up the film. I was, like, scared to touch it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, like, didn't know, you know, he would pull it all out. And then he would just wind it back in there. And that loosened up the tension that was in the roll. So that way, that tension isn't pulling against. So that way, when you're advancing film this way, you don't have the barrel pulling against you. Because, I mean, in poor Brianna, she started to, she's, she's been very fortunate to find, like, some good point-and-shoots in thrift stores that are very cheap and the camera works. Well, she had an entire roll rip from the automatic rewind. Oh, wow. oh, so, no, again, no. I showed her how to loosen that tension so that that wouldn't happen. Um, because he, yeah, I, he I'm was... Like yeah, I'm like you. I wouldn't want to mess with the film. Yeah, I just, I'd just be afraid to touch it. Yeah, I think I think if if you do, say you get your fingerprints all over it or something like that, um, that's not going to do anything but make it have more character, really. Like I have, yeah. I have gotten some rolls back that have really big light leaks, and I have no idea why. Or I've I've even gotten some that have a double exposure, and I have no idea why. Um, and it just makes it cool. It's like you know. That's kind of the point of film is there's so many imperfections that go with it that we've been faking in the digital world for a long time. So that tells me that people really desire the look of film, honestly. Sure. Because yeah. they're going through such an effort to make it look that way digitally. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought up Brianna because that, that kind of goes back to my point that I made at the beginning about uh, photographers who, you know, were born in the digital age that are now mm -hmm. getting into film. And uh, Brianna, your daughter, born in the early 2000s, so digital mm -hmm. was already going strong. So it's cool to see young people that are getting into film and exploring it. Uh, it's the same reason that you would listen to a vinyl record. 
I mean, you can sure. listen to that same yeah. thing on Spotify, but there's certain artists, certain musicians. I know for me, I like always am looking for, you know, Motown or, or you know, I, I bought a Miles Davis record recently. It's like some things need to be listened to that way. And Walt pointed out, you know, Walt has played around with this a little bit too. And he said, it's like the same reason you would drive a manual car. You want to be in oh, control, yeah. you know? Um so and there's not and digital is here to stay. Like it's not gonna. It's not like it's gonna go away. It's yeah. It's, it's not gonna. It's it's not like suddenly every photographer in the world is gonna go back to shoot and film 100 percent of the time. Uh, but it is. It is something fun to go back and relive. It is, so, and it's. Um, it'll teach you a lot too about. Like for me, I, I see things differently because I have to be a little more careful with how much I'm shooting. Because, you know, it's kind of expensive, you know, between the roles and developing and, sure. and that kind of thing. You're, you're like, okay, each frame kind of, co- you know, it costs me money, which is completely that's different true. than rapid firing. And that's challenging because the way, I think the way I get all those in-between moments and photos I'm proud of when I'm shooting digitally is because I'm firing away. You know, I'm like constantly shooting, trying to get something you know, something in between, some kind of something you know, like that. And it's a little harder to do that with film because you're like, okay, let me make sure this is <laughs> perfect. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's the challenge right now is I'm learning. I'm like, okay, I need to shoot a little more readily with the film camera if I'm going to get the moment. Be, be a little more intentional with your shots, I guess mm, is yeah, a good yeah. way to put it. Because you can't just, uh, you can't just rapid fire like you can with digital because you're where you might have a you know if you're shooting digital you might have a memory card that will hold a, several thousand shots mm-hmm. uh, you don't you don't get that with a roll of film because you're having to, you're having to pay money for each roll of film and there's only a certain amount of shots that you're going to get on each roll yeah yeah you're lucky to get 35 I mean it really depends um, how it depends on how many times you tested it in the beginning. What I was talking yeah. about when you're trying to make sure it's rolling and advancing correctly, you can lose some frames that way. Um, sure. I shot a black and white roll when I was traveling recently, and all of a sudden I'm I'm like really into it, and I look down and it's done, and it was only 24 exposures, and I had no idea, and I was like, dang oh. it! So you know, I'm still learning so much about it, and um. It's exciting. It's a fun journey to be on. And I, not to give too much away, but when I was saying to make sure that you're following us on YouTube earlier, I mean it because if you're interested in this, if you want to get involved and you want some community surrounding you with a bunch of people who also barely know what they're doing, um, yeah, we want to invite you to come be a part of what we're going to roll out in the next few weeks because I, I have a feeling the, a lot. Join the film. YouTube channel and we'll all figure it out together. That's yes, exactly. We'll, we'll figure it out together. <laughs> okay, I was I was just gonna ask you um, if let's just say that somebody, a photographer who wants to experiment with film, and came to you and said, "How do I get started on this?" What would you tell them? I would say find um, find. I mean, it kind of depends on what what style of film they're talking about. So I feel like there's two totally different looks right now that are popular in the community. Some people don't know that what they're seeing 
is like a point and shoot with a flash that's very 90s, like lots of kids hanging out, say, at an arcade or skateboarding. You know, I feel like okay. if that's the case, you want to get something like Brianna found. And I actually asked her to send me the name of that camera so I didn't say it wrong because I don't have it. Let me see what she said. It's a, it's a little point and shoot she found. It's called, it's, it's Pentax and it's a Zoom 60X on there. You can also order those um from like amazon and stuff i think you, you can get those online you can find it in a thrift shop if you like the chase like i do if you're looking to be a little more so that look is more like i said you use a flash it's very 90s if you're looking for a little more of that timeless like manual control manual focus over images i would say go find and you know the pentax that's completely manual mine is the k1000 that's a very common camera you can find those almost okay. any antique store. Ask them um, at the desk when you check out if it works. It should. There's almost no reason it shouldn't work unless it, there's damage inside. So you can open up that back door, you know, where the film goes. Make sure there's no cracks. or And then um, turn the camera over and make sure that a coin will open where you put the battery, because if those if that's completely stripped out and you can't open it, then you won't be able, you'll be shooting blind all the time. You won't have that little meter. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so the first I, thing is, so the first thing is you, you want to figure out what style of photography you're going to be doing with your film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or do both. Okay. I mean, do both. Um, like, uh, you know, Brianna got asked by someone who's, who's a little bit older than her that graduated a while back to come on her wedding day. She has a wedding photographer, but she wants Brianna to come and shoot just bridles on film of her because she wants that aspect, you know? And I'm like, that's so cool, you know? But I would probably, if someone asked me to do that, I would probably want to have like both kinds of cameras. So I feel like it's totally yeah. different looks. And they're so affordable. I mean, they might even be free, you know? Like the cameras are gonna cost you nothing. The film on the other hand, oh, and you ask me what I would recommend to people. I'm a big fan of the Portra series, not to sound cliche. I know that's probably all over the internet, but it's for a reason. Um, Kodak makes a Portra series, the 400 and 800, and those colors are probably what you're dreaming about. Nothing wrong with the other films, like the Fuji or the Kodak Gold and 100. There's all these different reasons that you would use other films. But this is the classic go-to film look with the the grain and the pulls the greens. Look it up. You can you can Google it, and you'll okay. see the difference online. Okay, so so let's uh, let's throw out a couple of plugs here because I know you have some film stuff on your Instagram. So tell everybody what your Instagram is. Oh yeah, it's just my first and last name, April Loyal L O Y L E. Okay, and then Brianna. Uh, yep. Do you want to mention Brianna's? Uh, Brianna has a strictly film Instagram. Oh yeah, she does. Let me make I sure I'm saying right because I think, this I think it's uh, I think it's Brianna's life on film or something like that. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's Brianna, and she spells her name B R I A N N A. Yeah. And then there's an S and life on film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. It. So so check out uh, check out some of Brianna's film stuff on there as well. And, uh, and again, like you said, uh, YouTube channel, we're going to be, uh, doing some interesting stuff on there as well. Yeah. And, um, another thing that I meant to, and I can't like represent for a certain lab, but people ask me all the time, like, I didn't know you could still get film developed and you for sure can. It's just not, 
it's not the same as like back in the day when you would take it to the drugstore or something. And you don't want to do that because just like in the digital world, you want to be handled by a lab that knows what they're doing. Like, you know. Definitely. We, so we now how did, you, how did you find the place that you were using in Knoxville that was developing your film? Some local photographers were using them and they were okay. tagging them. And I'm so okay. glad that I gave them a chance because I wouldn't have known that they would be good. Um, I would have thought they would have been comparable to like a CVS, honestly, and they weren't. They were very good. But now that I'm not around the corner, um, there's a girl in Jacksonville who shoots a lot of film, so I got a recommendation for her, um, from her for where to send my film, and I send it to a company in Savannah, Georgia, and they are very good, very fast. Um, I think they're called the Savannah photo lab or something like that really easy to find online and then there's some really big dogs out in california like the indie photo lab i would okay. think that they're um i mean that's what they're known for they're very good at processing film but i would think the turnaround time would be slower with a company that big probably um, so. the the one in savannah is super quick they text me the day they get my film and then they send me my scans like right away so i guess i guess the best advice uh would be maybe to ask other photographers uh in your area just see if there's um someplace locally if you're not sure uh whether there is or not just just ask some other photographers in your area especially if you see them posting film stuff on social media just reach out to them and say hey where do you get your film developed that's the only way you're gonna yeah you're gonna survive is if you just ask people questions and i'd say to you when you were saying like what would you recommend doing and what what, what do you need to get I would also get like three or four rolls to start with and take one to okay. a shoot and shoot through the entire roll the first time because, you know, I, I kept saving mine because I didn't want to, you know, I was trying to be kind of conservative with the, the money I was spending. And then okay. I've, you kind of forget what you did. So if you'll just shoot through the whole roll, that way when you send that off and you get it back, you can really pay attention to what you did right or wrong. Um, okay. if, you've, if you've sat in that same environment with the same subject, shooting through the whole role, it seems like you'll learn a lot more and, you know, build your confidence um, okay. going forward with it. But, and then also, I think maybe whenever we link this episode, um, we can maybe just put a little box up on Instagram if you guys are following us at Ask Us Anything box. And then that way, Matt will be able to specifically address your questions through the YouTube videos. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna um, I was gonna tell you what happened to me and the reason that I'm I have wet hair before we close out of here. You probably yes. think I'm crazy. You know, I don't know if everyone was listening a few about a month ago when we talked about my move. You moved to Kentucky. I moved to St. Augustine. Yes. I'm still learning that the beach. One of my favorite things about this town, by the way, is all the parking's free. I mean, there's free parking oh, all over the great. beach. Yes. But you can't really get on the beach unless you're gonna drive on it. So you. Usually you're parking at the end of like side streets and the yeah. place, the place that I always go, I can always count on getting a spot there was full this morning. So I, um, I got back in the car and I drove down a little bit, you know, just like I felt like a little bit, I'm like looking for the next available parking lot. And okay. there's one with a restroom and I'm like, this is perfect. And you still have to walk down the street, but unlike, you know, a lot of beach towns that you and I do business in that I go to, there's not like it's not like a it's not like a parking lot with something recognizable it's like a narrow pathway to enter into the beach and it's lost in the dunes and they all look that way um for the most part unless there's like a restaurant or something you can recognize there's just all yeah. these little paths because there's no condos here 
I'm like, I look out when I get out there, I'm like, I have this whole beach to myself. I look out, I see the pier. I'm like, okay, that's a good, that's a good place for me to get some exercise. I'm going to walk over there and I come back. I, I get about as far as I can. I was like, man, it's, it's almost 11 o'clock. I don't have a bathing suit on. It's kind of hot, you know, I'm sweating. Got to use the restroom. Don't have water. So I'm like, let me get back to the car. Well, I go into the little, I'm kind of questioning myself because it all, like I said, it all looks the same. They don't have signs or anything. I make it up a pathway in the dunes and I'm like, I don't recognize anything like around oh, no. me. Oh, and no. I'm looking and I'm like, I'm, I'm getting too hot and tired to trek back through the sand to go. And I didn't know which way to go right or left to find where I'd miss my spot. So I'm thinking, oh. and you know me, you know how I am with directions. I'm so You're good You're usually at it. very good with directions <laughs> because normally when me and you are together, I'm the one that's completely lost and you're, you're the one that's going, oh yeah, we got to go that way. Right. Yeah. Usually I have like this internal thing, but I'm yeah. starting to kind of panic because I'm, I'm really hot and I don't recognize anything. So I'm thinking the only thing I can do is go up probably about four blocks to the highway, but I don't have any shoes or anything. Oh no. Because my shoes are back where I came from. Oh, so no. luckily, as I'm crossing through the, du- the the little dune area, I look to my left and I see a house that I just was at the other morning doing a sunrise. And I remembered okay. the, the number of that street. And I knew that wasn't the number that I parked at. So I'm like, okay, I've overshot it, but I don't know how far at all. Because I didn't know which street I parked on. Yeah. I, I, finally, I make it to the pavement. It's hot. You know, it, man, testament to St. Augustine. I had to walk really far to make a long story short to get back to my car barefoot through alleyways through parking lots there was no glass no trash I mean it is so clean here but anyway I called Walt halfway through and I'm like I know you can't help me because we only have one car I'm like I know you can't help me but I'm about to cry I have no idea where I am I don't know where the car is he's like just keep walking you're gonna find it and I did like a few minutes later after I'm like run to the restroom, chug some water, like regroup. And then I went back for my shoes too, by the way. But I was like, okay, so how, how long did it take you? To find I don't know. It felt like forever, but it probably was only about <laughs> three or four blocks that I had just overshot it. When you're um, lost like that, two minutes feels like forever. I know. I'm like, I, I felt like, you know, like when you watch movies, you see cartoons where like, they're like in the desert and they see mirages. Like that's how I was starting to feel. It's like, so I was, if you're ever, so if you're ever in St. Augustine Beach and you see some woman wandering around aimlessly looking <laughs> lost, that's probably April. I better not. That better not happen to me again. When I got back to the car, <laughs> like looking at the street signs and I'm like, okay, this one is on this street. This one's on this street. I felt like, you know, you get lost in the woods, but not the freaking beach. Like that was, yeah. that was kind of um, embarrassing. I thought I was losing my mind, but. But you still made it back at uh, the right time that we had uh, set to record this podcast. So, yeah. all good. I had to hurry and take a coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I guess we'll all see right. you guys or um, talk yeah, to you guys. Yeah, yeah. If, if, April, if April doesn't get lost on the beach, we'll be back to do this again next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening to the Might Sound Wild podcast. Make sure that you. Uh, Leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, Leave us a review and uh, let everybody know what you think of us. And uh, again, don't forget to like the YouTube channel as well. And we'll talk to you again next week on the Might Sound Wild podcast.